Hello, you are listening to Everyday Creative People. I'm your host, Dina Adrians, and this podcast is for the doers, dreamers, and makers of the world. For anyone who wishes they had more time and freedom to play, who struggles with creative blocks, or who is trying to figure out how to make a living while making art, I'm here to stumble through the madness by your side. Once you've finished listening to today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast, leave a comment, and tell a friend. You can join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group and find all the show notes at dinaadriance.com slash ecdpodcast. Now settle in, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello, Justin. Yes, hello, hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing very, very well. Good. So can you start me off by just telling me a little bit about who you are? What kind of a role does art play in your life? I am Justin Scott. (laughs) Um, I am a musician and visual artist uh, and writer. Um, And art plays a supreme role in my life. It's how I express all of my, most of my feelings. It's how I express my existence, it's the legacy that I want to leave, and it fuels my inspiration um, towards my purpose. So yeah, art is extremely paramount in my life. Awesome. Is it something that has always been a a key, a central part of your life? Um, Well, it, yes, but not in the way that I thought, or not in the way that I would think now. Mm. I didn't recognize, I didn't recognize it. You know what I mean? Um, when I was younger, um, there wasn't no, like, I, I wanted a lot of action figures and stuff. And mm-hmm. some at times when I'm in childhood, we couldn't get them when I was growing up. So I would make my own and I would like draw what I would make up, create characters and create stories around the characters and like make my own toys. <laughs> um, and like, yeah. And like, you know, and I would be like in my own little world, you know? And so, um, you know, creativity started there and, you know, my dad was always a musician. So I was always around music, um, and songwriting and singing and, you know, vocal lessons and all that. So, um, so that, you know, became a part of my life very early. Um, and so it just built from there. And once I decided that, well, let me not say decided. Well, yeah, once I, once I received the inspiration mm. that, art and music was my purpose, then I then decided to accept that and move in that. And that came um, around my early 20s. Your early 20s. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sort of that, that moment of, uh, or, or period um, of, of receiving that inspiration? Yeah, it was like a few, uh, so a few, a chain of events happened. I, I, would, I used to always, um, not always, but I remember when I was, 15 or 16 um I was a sophomore in high school and they used to have like um rap ciphers at school like at lunch and during the breaks Mm -hmm. and stuff and I used to be so awed by that like I was just wowed completely (laughs) I just thought it was the most amazing thing so I would stand there and watch and then one of my older friends he was like hey I can teach you how to do that and so he he like taught me how to do it and it came pretty easy you know and so um 
so I would join in. So and then I would so then people around the school and people who knew me knew that I used to you know freestyle rap or whatever. And so my friends used to like encourage me to join competitions and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but I was actually, you know, I actually had a passion for like making music. I just didn't have the resources to do that. I just never did it, and I just never thought that music was a viable career for me you know mm. or just in general it just seemed like something that was very far off there was no one from my town that was doing that there was yeah. no one from my city who ever did that and so it was just kind of like a non-thing it was like oh I'm gonna just go into corporate whatever um mm. and so I was actually in church one day and and the preacher was preaching and he came something about like your purpose or whatever and he was like yeah you know he just basically said a bunch of things that were like specific to my exact mindset. And I was like, Whoa, he's like really trying to come at me right now. <laughs> uh, he was like, you know, there, you, you have gifts and you need to use them because if you don't, you're going to squander, you know, yeah. you to you. And I was like, wow, that really spoke to me. And I didn't really, still didn't really act. It just really spoke to me and it stuck with me. And then my friend was like, Hey, join this competition. Uh, it's the Dub Magazine competition, and they're looking for, you know, hip rappers. And I was like, okay. So I went down there, and then while I was there, this random lady, I was, like, literally crossing the street to go to the competition, and this random lady walks up, and she's like, hey, you have a gift and a purpose, and you're not using it. You need to use it. And I was like, wow. Okay, wow. So this is too much. <laughs> I was like, this is all too much. And so I went, and I did the competition. Um, I ended up winning the competition. and um, and then I went to the radio um, and cause you know, they, we want a radio interview and stuff like that and some studio time or whatever. And so I went to the radio interview, we talked and talked and, and then they were like, where can we find your music and stuff? And I was like, um, coming soon. <laughs> um, so yeah. So then I went home later that night and then I had a dream and the dream is, I don't know. I don't know if I, the dream I'm, I'm kind of making an album about the dream that I had. So I okay. won't give away too much, but that dream was like the last straw that was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed mm. to be doing. And so then I just made the move from there. So made the move from there. You make it sound so easy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so you said that you, um, after, you know, when you sort of got into your twenties, you, you sort of went the corporate route cause that seemed the most straightforward and, and, um, easy, I guess. So what exactly were you doing at the time? I, I was a salesman at the time. Um, okay. I started off and I was like a car salesman and then I became, and then I worked uh, for a cell phone company um, and then I worked for the bank and I was working for the bank at that time. I was okay. a personal bank, a personal banker. So, which is pretty much sales, you know? Um, yeah. And um, so I was in the banking and I was, you know, pretty good at it. And so like, you know, they were talking about, you know, moving me up and all this kind of stuff. And it was a lot of pressure. I had a family, you know, at the time. And, sure. it, was just, and it was so like, you know, so I thought that was what I was, you know, just yeah. that. And, you know. So then you got this like, basically beating over the head <laughs> of right. like, you need to be doing, following your true calling. So what was the first, when you really decided like, okay, I guess I need to follow this. What did you do? I went home and one of my friends had access to like this uh, studio in his garage. Mm -hmm. And um, I made, and we just got a bunch of beats together. He made some beats. Um, and then uh, my little brother, we had, we had my dad's, my dad had like this 
Triton keyboard. And so my little brother, we used to make beats on it all the time, but my little brother had this beat and I had a couple beats. And so we took some of the beats and we just made like this mixtape in like one day in like this little garage. And then um, I put it on the internet. I forgot what I used. I might have used like Reverb Nation or something like that. Okay. And this guy heard it um, overseas somehow and invited me to perform at this festival overseas. And I thought it was fake. I thought it was completely fake. I was like, oh, this is like some spam or something like that. Mm. And it turns out it was real. And I ended up going the next year to perform in front of like thousands of people. It was wow. insane. What was the festival? Yeah. Festival was uh, called Festival Azure. It was in Portugal, um, in the islands. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it was, oh, it was beautiful. And so I ended up going <laughs> three years in a row and um and then you know staying out there for like a month the second time to like record yeah. and perform yeah. And, yeah so i mean that's pretty incredible you you got that uh connection it sounds like pretty early on once you really put your mind to to pursuing this right right and that was another thing that was like okay so if, th- if things like this and things like this have always been happening throughout my career it's just like random i mean it's a lot a lot of work don't get me, don't get me wrong a lot of work and a lot of <laughs> sacrifice but there's always moments where it's like this thing just happens seemingly out of nowhere and it's like mm. just another sign you know what i mean i i yeah. am a person of signs you know what i mean and yeah. i get a lot of signs um even just on other things in my life, I just get a lot of signs. And so, th- you know, things like that just happen to be signs for me to, to keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I have a, my, my Facebook group, which is called uh, The Creative Playground. We've been working through this book called The Artist's Way with Julia Cameron. Are you familiar, familiar with it? I've heard of it. I haven't read it, though. Okay, so Julia Cameron, in this book, she talks a lot, actually, about this um, that that when you sort of open yourself up to a- allowing the inspiration, <laughs> right? That it's when you stop. Um, she talks about sort of the difference between like almost trying to like force the inspiration out to just recognizing mm-hmm. that you are a, a vessel ultimately. Um, that that this is sort of coming through. Um, and that when you start to just take action steps and um, really uh, switch your mindset around this, that things will come knocking at your door. And sometimes things will come knocking at your door. And if you're not ready for it, you might not recognize it. Um, right, exactly. Like you almost didn't recognize that, <laughs> that music festival. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, but then, you know, that these opportunities kind of are just, uh, they'll keep coming at you. And until you're you're ready to move forward with them, so that's really awesome how that has manifested for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's cra- it's a crazy wild ride. It really is. <laughs> so, can you tell me a little bit more about like that transition period, right? So, what? How long ago was it that you first started kind of putting these beats together and really trying to make something? Uh, that was in 2010. Okay. So it was. Yeah, once we did that, it was cool. I mean, it was not really great quality. You know what I mean? Um, looking back, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't sure. really, didn't really know what I was know what I was doing. You know, but the creative like pieces were there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I went actually just day before yesterday. I was on a mini road trip and I just went back and I was listening to all this stuff and I was like, wow, like I was onto some things that I didn't know that I. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, 
I had the idea was there. And so we, we, we did that. And then, um, I decided to move to, uh, to LA cause I was living, uh, in the desert at the time where I grew up and I decided to move to LA. Um, I moved to Pasadena first with my job and then I moved to LA. And once I did that, I, my cousin introduced me. She's, she actually invited me to this live music thing that they were having in Hollywood every every Wednesday and Friday they would have like this live music night this this like really low-key jazz spot and um she showed me and I was just blown away by the musicians there and it turns out they are some of the best musicians in the world actually (laughs) but I didn't know that at the time I just thought that in my mind you know um and so she then they invited me to go up and rap with them and I did Mm. and so that became kind of my hub for creatively growing and mm-hmm. learning from people who were in a different genre, but um, obviously the genres are tied in very close. And, yeah. um, and I was able to learn from people who were professional at what they did. And so mm-hmm. I did that every Wednesday and Friday for like four or five years with, uh, with the West coast get down with like Kamasi wow. Washington and Miles Mosley and Thundercat yeah. and like, yeah, all these amazing, amazing artists. Um, yeah. And so that, that was a whole another period of just exponential growth. Hmm. And how long did it take you to get to the point where you were able to move out of your, um, your sort of nine to five, uh, corporate? Um, uh, that took me, so in, let me see, 2014, I was still working for, um, I was working for a fashion company in 2015. Um, and I think, yeah, I think around 2015 is when I started really veering over more into full-time artists. Mm-hmm. And even now, even now I do on-call jobs sometimes, okay. you know what I mean? When, when I'm having yeah. like a slow month or something like that, or yeah. even if I'm not, if they, you know, sometimes people will call me and do like, you know, two or three days work jobs, yeah. do like casting or fashion. And, and I, I model on the side. Sometimes I do that as well. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Or sometimes I do a little extra acting work and stuff like that. Um, but it took me, yeah, probably about three, three years on and off. And it was like, it would go through patches. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Was about three, so, what, so what is that now at this point that you're in, what does it look like? what does your career look like right now in terms of the different pieces? Um, right. So I know that you just recently released a new EP. Um, congratulations on doing that. Thank uh, you. and Thank you. you said you're still doing this sort of occasional, um, you know, extra work modeling, those sorts of things. Um, but what are the other sort of pieces that come together to, to, um, help you sort of move your career forward financially? Um, live shows, live shows are, um, the, they, they, they help the most in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, I perform at colleges and talk to students and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and those, those help a lot. So like right now I'm preparing to perform at the A to Mend conference, which is a conference that helps, um, young men transition from community college to four-year institutions. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm going to be performing, uh, it's March 1st, and I'm going to be performing and uh, talking with the students and helping them with, you know, networking, because that's something that was really helped me in music, you know what I mean? And in art was yeah. networking and something I had to learn how to do. So they want me to speak on that. Um, mm-hmm. 
so I, I'm the, yeah, be performing there. So I, I performed at, you know, a few different colleges, USC, um, Long Beach, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but a, a few, a few colleges. And so I, I do performances a lot. And even for those years, um, I performed, I performed all over the world. Um, I perform at LA a lot as well. And so, um, those have really been sustaining, mm. uh, you know, in the times where other things have been slower, yeah. um, those have been sustaining, um, and you know, and last year I released my book. Um, uh, yeah, that's right. You're also published. a writer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that helps too. Um, so yeah, just you know, it's, it's really a culmination and really trying to a, a balancing act. And it's it's really hard a lot of times when we make a lot of sacrifices. Hmm. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about your book? Yes, I can. Uh, <laughs> um, my book. Um, so first of all, I have to say that all of my art is all connected um, and it all follows a stream of thought and a story. Okay. Um, um, so the book um, that I released is called uh, Comfort, There's Comfort in the Darkness. Hmm. Um, and it's a collection of poems and short stories um, that I wrote between 2013 and 2016. Um, and I started writing, I was going through this really, really hard um, experience that I guess we can get into later, but um, I was going through this really hard experience, this family situation, and I was writing at the time, and I was going back and reading my poems and stuff, um, and I realized that there was a theme, and mm. I was like, oh, there's, there's like a theme here with all my writing, and so I started to put it together, and I was like, you know what, this can really, you know, help someone, so I made a few pieces of art to go with some of the poems and stuff. And then I reached out like to visual art, visual art, correct. Yeah. Um, okay. To go with some of the poems and, and I reached out to other visual artists, um, two painter, three hmm. painters, uh, actually, I'm, I'm sorry, four painters, two photographers. And then I did some digital design as well and some painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and so I basically sent them some of the poems and some of the pieces and they created, Created something based on that, um, and then I put and then I put it all together, and um, I got published. and um, And these are paint; these are artists from all over. So one of them is from New York, uh, two of them were from Chicago, and then a uh, few of them were from LA. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, and so we awesome. put that together and released that. Yeah, yeah. So you you started to sort of get into this a little bit in your description of the book, but um, can you tell me what has been um, what have been some of your biggest struggles as an artist? Um, some of my biggest struggles as an artist are probably, I would say probably my biggest struggle as an artist is having ideas, but having less resources than the idea uh, mm. calls for. Um, and it's really, really hard. So if I have, for example, if I have an idea for a live show, Mm-hmm. And I see, I, I have the vision for it. And I say, oh, this is going to happen. These lights are going to happen here. They're going to be dressed like this. And the stage is going to look like this. And, and I, don't, I just don't have the resources to put that together to sure. really give people the show that they want. Or I have an idea for a song. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a string section here. And then, then this is going to build up right here to some horn. And also, I need to be mixed and mastered. It, it, and I don't have the resources to get that done. You know what I mean? Or... I, you know, I've been working on, there's, I released this, this EP on December 1st, but there's another album that I've been working on since 2012 that's not out yet. And it's because I just don't have the resources to get it done the way I want to do it. And so mm-hmm. I just haven't 
released. I haven't, you know, been doing it um, because I, I want it to be right, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's just resources is a big thing, um, and also um, probably feeling a little bit ahead of where I'm at right now currently. And what I mean by that is ideas that I have that I don't know if people are ready for yet. Mm. So I just kind of like try to make it a little bit more accessible mentally and emotionally so that people can, you know, still see where my vision is, but yeah. also not be completely thrown out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. So would you say that you have a particular mission or purpose as an artist? Absolutely. Um, and I feel like I have multiple, but okay. mainly, um, mainly it's to, to help other people get through situations and get through feelings. Um, as it has to do with themselves, the inner, and other people, the outer, you know what I mean? Um, and to use my stories and scenarios and worlds mm. that I create to help them relate to that, to, you know, point them in a direction of healing or joy or, you know, um, or to be freed from, you know, certain things. It's mm. beautiful. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, have you ever experienced a creative block? Yes, uh, not in not in quite some time, but I have before, um, and it was just you know a writer's block or or like I said a resource block or mm -hmm. um, or just you know how do I get this out block? <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? How I how do I get, how do I get this to people? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but I realized um, the writer's block definitely has gone away. That it is non-existent for years. Um, I don't. And what do you creative, think changed that? I, uh, the realization that the universe exists only in my mind, right? So basically everything that we perceive um, in our entire lives comes is, is through our brain. Right, mm -hmm. so you can't see or feel or touch or smell anything, but it would go through your brain. So basically, the entire universe exists in my brain. And once I understood that, then I literally have a universe's worth of inspiration and um, you know artistic uh, material to to, to pull mm. from. Mm. Um, so there's there's never a, a blockage. It's, it's just it's right there. Mm. Um, you know, I could write a song about a banana or I could write, um, an entire, you know, symphony about a, a, a dresser, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and what each drawer holds and what symbolizes the opening and the closing of, you know, just different things, you know what I mean? I could yeah. go on, but, um, but yeah, so once I realized that writer's block didn't exist for me anymore. Are there any particular rituals or practices that you do to kind of maintain that that sense of connection to to your creative spirit um yes actually um i watch a ton of movies hmm. a ton of movies yes and because they're stories you know what i mean yeah and they're they're and every song every you know painting every digital everything is a story you know hmm. um and so i get inspired by that um, I do, I do meditate and I do pray, um, but that is 
the purpose of that is outside of my art, but I get sure. residual effects from it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, um, so that, that always helps too. And also um, I try to listen to people and I, when I'm walking down the street, I literally try to put myself in other people's shoes and wonder what their life is like and wonder mm-hmm. how they're feeling. And it gives me different inspirations for different songs and poems and pieces yeah. and visualizations and stuff like that. So it's a powerful exercise for practicing empathy too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now see, that, is, that is that is the that is the thing. That is the point of my art right there. Empathy um, mm. and and connecting to others so that we can bring out the best in all of us, you know. Yeah. Because, you know, I feel like we're not without empathy, we're just, we're not human. We're at work, you know, yeah. animals. I think even animals show empathy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Mm, yeah. What inspires you? Um, wow. What doesn't inspire me? I think that's a better <laughs> question. Uh, no, um, God inspires me. Other humans inspire me. Seeing people smile inspires me. Other artists inspire me, Hmm. Um, books, films, other, you know, just other things that have been created that inspire me. And also the concept of the unknown really, really inspires me. Hmm. That's why I'm really big into that whole like space and sci-fi and um, because even beyond its materialization, it just deals with this element of the unknown even, you know, the unknown, like, for example, when I'm trying to get, when I, when I first meet someone, there's an element of unknown there because neither one of us know each other. And it's always intriguing to try and, you know, get to know someone. And that element of unknown kind of inspires, you know, a lot of uh, pieces of art that I create. So mm. um, yeah, I'd say that's a big inspiration. That's awesome. What, is there anything that you find, um, to be really helpful to you in, in um, creating your art? Yes. Um, I like to write things down first mm-hmm. a lot of times. So I just have a notebook just with ideas, um, song ideas, play ideas, mm. painting ideas, uh, graphic design ideas, novel ideas. Um, I just write a lot of things down, and that is very, very helpful to kind of keep I'll, I'll like go through my notebook and be like, oh yeah, man, wow, I forgot about that idea. Man, I'm going to do that and I'll just do it and I'll make it. Because um, a lot of times, I, you know, I'm not in a space where I can create it at that time, you know? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I just have to just kind of jot it down. Yeah. Um, and also collaboration. I love working with other people because they have fresh new ideas as well. And mm-hmm. they have, you know, offer a completely different perspective. And so collaboration is, um, you know, one of my biggest. Yeah. Things. So I think it's so cool that you are somebody, you're an example of somebody who really uh, practices a wide variety of art forms. And it sounds like they all kind of feed each other and, and grow off of each other. But I'm curious, you know, because I think sometimes there are a lot of people who get excited about a variety of different mediums and, you know, might feel like, oh, I want to try painting, but that's not really my strength. That's not really my medium. So they, so they don't, they kind of avoid it or maybe even 
with, you know, so many ideas, there can be a sense of overwhelm sometimes and like, how do I choose what to go first? So I'm curious how you navigate that as, as somebody who does have a lot of different ideas and inspirations in a lot of different arenas. Um, I think because like you said, they feed off of each other, it makes it more accessible. For example, I got into painting. I mean, I mean, if, if, you know, you ever seen that, um, that graphic where it's like, if you could take any one of these pills that could give you any one of these powers, which one would it be? And mm-hmm. mine would always be the one that I could literally do anything. I, I want to be able to, <laughs> to, you know, play the piano like Mozart and yeah. also paint like Michelangelo, but also, you know, sing, you know, like, um, I don't know, Usher or like, you know what I mean? I <laughs> yeah. just, I, I, you know, I, I wish I could do all those things, but a, lo- a lot of it comes from me wanting to create a world that the audience can completely dive into. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, I need to do that with sound and sight and feeling and you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. it, it, it kind of propels me into different things. For example, the, the book, when I wrote the book, I wanted to, I needed a cover art, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't, I, I could have sacrificed and paid someone to do cover art, but I was like, well, let me see what I can come up with. And it prompted me to get into painting because right? mm. I tried to paint the cover art. And I ended up in not using a paint, one of my paintings for the cover art, but I did use it for a, a few of the things in my book, uh, for a few of the poems. But I used one of the graphic designs for, you know, for the, for the cover art for the, paint, uh, for the book. But um, that's when I got into painting and I became addicted to painting. And so I painted so many pieces and it just helps really enhance different songs like you know i just had when we released the ep eden i had an art show and listening party um Mm -hmm. and so different paintings represented different songs and it kind of helped get across the feeling Mm. of the song that i was trying to you know get across and then different graphic design pieces you know so it just I, i always want to place people into a world and that's like the a hindrance and also it's like a gift and a curse you know <laughs> because there's certain like there's certain um music services that I don't like to use because I don't like the world that it puts the listener in and I don't think it's conducive to my art so I, I'm a little bit hesitant to use it when I should be probably using it more often you know what I mean mm. um but if, if I don't like the aesthetic or the world that it creates then I'll be hesitant to put my music on there because I want my audience to really be engulfed you know what I mean into whatever it is that I'm that I'm creating so it but it but also kind of helps me to be inspired to paint and to use photography and graphic design yeah et cetera et cetera so that way it, it keeps it going so I never run out of you know inspiration to do any of those things so as somebody who came to painting relatively late in the scheme of sort of your different art forms um, and sort of by, by happenstance, was there ever a period where you were like, man, I really suck at this. Why am I even trying? Uh, no, no, <laughs> actually the first, the first painting I ever did was my favorite one. It was my favorite really? one. And it was the first one I, yeah. And it was the first one I sold to, um, they, like people were like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I thought it was amazing too. When I first did it, I was like, well, this is like, this is something like, you know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but there's some, there are some pieces of painting where I was like, eh, I'm not showing this one because <laughs> um, <laughs> it didn't, you know, really come out like how I envisioned, mm-hmm. but you know, 
because when when I when I first started to paint, I was like, okay, I don't have the training to be like the you know really defined, you know, characters and lines. But I have these ideas that I want to get out and these feelings. Um, and, you know, with synesthesia, I feel like different colors of different songs and different colors of different poems. Mm. And so I wanted to do that. So once I figured out, okay, I'm going to do abstract, but with mm-hmm. different objects that mean different things. And so once I figured that out, um, I was like, okay, this is, this is where I'm at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. How do you... When you do create something in whatever medium it is that you're creating in, um, when you create something and the end result is not really what you wanted or, you know, maybe it's not something that you feel particularly great about, what do you do? It depends. (laughs) It depends. Uh, That definitely happened with me. And it's funny because, you know, um, Amy knows what I'm (laughs) talking about. But there's like... um, you know, certain songs or whatever, I'm like, I'm not completely satisfied, but if I'm satisfied enough, like, for instance, if it's a collaboration mm-hmm. and, you know, it requires both of us to be working on it or more than more than two of us to be working on it, and I'm just like 70% or maybe 80% on it, then I'll say, okay, fine. It's, it's good enough to, to put out, so we'll put it out. Or sometimes if it's not good enough, I just won't put it out and I'll just kind of enjoy it myself for Mm -hmm. little pieces of it that I enjoy. Um, Or sometimes I'll just work on it until it gets to that point. Um, But one of the things that I'm going to do moving forward um, is do that less. I'm I'm not going to accept the less dance that much more, unless it's like paying a bunch. (laughs) Unless they're like, yeah, we're giving you $50,000. Okay, fine. I'm not too happy with it, but I'll take the money. (laughs) No, Um, but, uh, but you know, um, I think working on it until it becomes something that I want, something that I feel yeah. comfortable with. Um, and I'm really excited because I'm a, I'm a part of the Society of Spoken Art, which is a guild mm. that helps, um, you know, young writers and rappers and poets to become their the best version of themselves and to kind of push forward the art form. Mm-hmm. So that kind of challenges me to do that as well. And so... Um, um, I'm really grateful for that. And so that's, you know, that's what I'm trying to do. Just make, make myself yeah. better to the point where what I'm putting out is exactly what I'm happy with. Hmm. So if somebody was listening to our podcast and was interested in joining, um, you said it was the Society of Spoken Art? Yes. Yeah. Is that something that anybody can kind of um, join up with? Or what is that? How does, it, how does that happen? <clears throat> it's, not, it's not something that anybody can join up with. You have to apply. Mm-hmm. Um, the process I went through was like a three month process. Okay. Um, but, um, I, I'm not sure if they are taking applications right now. I know they will be in the future. Okay. Um, but I think the website, yeah, yeah. I think the website is salsa dot, or let me see society of, yeah, it's society of spoken art. Art, I'm sorry, societyspokenart.org. .org, um, okay. Yeah, um, cool. and they can check it out, what it is. And it's like a bunch of like really amazing, like there's, uh, it was started by Lupe Fiasco. Oh, no way. Um, yeah, um, and Black Thought is a part of it. 
and um, a lot of really, really amazing rappers are part of it. Yeah. Got, like, MIT professors that are there, Harvard professors mm. um, that are a part of it, school wow. teachers, programmers, uh, like, you know, leading computer analysts no in way. the tech industry. Yeah, it's really, really involved. <laughs> and so, awesome. um, so, yeah. Cool. Um, well, speaking of where we can find things, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me um, <laughs> at justinsky.com, mm -hmm. J-U-S-T-I-N-S-K-Y.com. And it literally, everything is there. My art, um, my, not a lot of paintings are up because you have to get the book <laughs> to get them. Um, but we'll, we'll be putting some up. Um, uh, but my music is there as well. Um, and a lot of the stuff that I created is there. Yeah. And what is the name of your book so people can look it up? It's called There's Comfort in the Darkness. There's Comfort. Um, and if you want to, yes. And if you want to look it up, you can just Google There's Comfort in the Darkness or you can just go to justinsky.com forward slash comfort and it's right there. Awesome. And all of that information will be in our show notes as well so people can find it that way. Okay. Awesome. One last question for you, Justin. If there was one thing that you could share with somebody who is wanting to cultivate a creative practice in their life, um, maybe even make a career out of something creative, um, what would that be? I would say to keep creating and keep collaborating. Um, repetition mm -hmm. is king uh, in the land of artists. Um, and you know, the more you do something, just the better you get at it. And the more also you find out what you're good at, you know, the more you do something, you find out your niche and yeah. you find out, you know, your strengths and weaknesses. Um, and I would say build on your strengths. Um, yeah. and, um, and then also collaborate a lot with others who do what you do or do other things that you want to do. Um, I would say collaborate for sure. Yeah. Build that creative community. Awesome. Exactly. Well, um, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you, Justin. Thanks so much for taking the time to be on my podcast today. Definitely. I appreciate you having me. It was a lot of fun. I, I enjoy speaking with you and I can't wait to, uh, to do more with you. Awesome. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to Everyday Creative People. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast, leave a comment, and tell a friend. Drop me a note on Facebook at Dina Adrian's Coaching and join the community over in the Creative Playground Facebook group. I'd love to hear from you. See you again next Monday. Same bat time, same bat channel.